Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever time you are listening to this. Thank you for tuning in to Don't Mind Failure, where the purpose of this show is for you to hear and listen to stories of entrepreneurs who ignored every moment of failure to achieve what they wanted. Uh, Today, I think me and Dalvin have a guest on here that is from my hometown, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I'm going to allow him to introduce himself and tell us who who you are, and why you do what you do. Uh, my name is Wayne uh, Panky, P-A-N-K-E-Y. And as Donovan said, from Bridgeport, Connecticut, um, I'm a small boutique owner here in uh, Five Points, Columbia, South Carolina. And um, I just always wanted my own storefront. You know, just wanted my own space to kind of do my own thing in. So... Um, yeah, that's probably my main motivation. Yep. Who are you outside of the boutique? Good and question. Also, the name of your boutique. Oh, sorry. Yep. <laughs> Important. Uh, it's Botanica de Santi, and um, that's the name of the boutique. And uh, outside of the boutique, um, well, I'm a, I'm a dad, um, a uh, DJ. Uh, love music. Music is a big inspiration for me uh, in everything I do. And um, yeah, just just a guy trying to make it, man. Trying to live, trying to make live the dream, you know. Why? What? How do you come up with the name? Good question. So the Botanica uh, comes from the religious supply stores back at home. Um, so. Uh, in Bridgeport, I know we have like one or two, uh, mainly on um, East Main Street, which is kind of like little Puerto Rico, as you know, yep. And, um, you know, you go in there and you'll actually find religious goods, uh, like statues, candles, that type of thing. So I kind of wanted to play on that theme, uh, but keep it respectful because it's still, you know, you're still talking about people's beliefs and that type of thing. So that's where I came up with the name. And a lot of the stuff you see in the store kind of plays upon that theme. So I have candles um, that you would see in a Botanica, but I also have pop culture candles, which have the celebrities on them. Yeah. So it's big home. <laughs> As it's been, it's big. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's where the name came from. Okay. Yep. So let's 
backtrack before we even get to the shop. Where take us through that journey of what led up to coming to South Carolina because as we know it's a different world from up north. Um, so how'd you transition from all that got here? Hey, well I've been here for about ten years so far. And about ten is some months ago I was actually sitting in Connecticut. Um, I had just separated from my now ex-wife and I guess I just didn't want to get stuck in a rut, you know? Um, I felt as though at the time I needed like a new environment. Um, and I figured if I found a new environment, maybe I could get out of that, that sameness I was in, you know? So I actually put out a, uh, a job search but as opposed to doing it in-state like I normally do, um, I put it out nationwide. And um, I got hits from, you know, a couple of places across the country. Um, but South Carolina is the place I chose, mainly because I could get there in a day. Um, so, <laughs> you know, and um, the job was only looking for a short-term commitment. So they only wanted six months. So I said, okay, I could drive there. Um, I could, you know, get in a new environment for six months, kind of see how, you know, things go, and then come on back home. So that was the plan. And uh, that six-month contract ended up turning into about two and a half years because it kept renewing. And, um, yeah. So you did the job right. You were yeah, doing the job right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so outside of – so – Explain what you do outside of the boutique. Like, what, like, like what's your specialty as far as you feel? Um, my specialty is uh, information technology, IT. And I've been in that field for about, uh, about 25 years plus now. So, and I've done, I've wore probably all of the different hats in IT a person could probably wear. Uh, I've done tech support, phone support, uh, built PCs, um, uh, managed networks as a network engineer, uh, did website stuff, web development, some design, uh, programming, databases, everything. Yeah, I've touched a lot of stuff. Um, now I'm kind of settled into more of a data analyst role. Um, still with databases, but that's like my specialty now, analyzing data, um, organizing data, as you can see, I love organizing stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's my main specialty outside of here. And I still do it. I actually, uh, the boutique also functions as my office during the day. So because I work remote, so I can come in and just, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, turn my machine on and just work from here, you know, while, you know, there aren't customers coming in, so. So pick up uh, that question. Um, you see a lot of people in there, the thing they want to do, they're passionate. They, they put all into it. They put everything and, excuse me, the long wind, I'm trying to phrase this because this, this, I think we talked about this maybe on how investing in, investing in yourself, right? Yeah. And the sacrifices you have to make to make sure 
okay, if I know I don't get it from this end, I'm making sure that, I think people think the nine to five could be a terrible thing and hinders them from doing their craft. And sometimes the nine to five helps have a foundation so that you can pour and put energy and finance into your craft without depending on an outside source. Like, are you, can you talk about that? that that's huge, man. Yeah. That's huge. Um, because without my nine to five, I wouldn't have been able to do this. I wouldn't be able to continue doing this. Um, because any venture you start, it's going to take some time for it to, um, for you to start to see a return on it. So it's not going to be an overnight thing. Um, and, um, yeah, I've always heard, you know, you got to, what, how they put it? You got to, uh, do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do, you know? So, and, and, and that holds so true and, and very relevant to hear. You hit that question that I, that I was going to actually ask as well. And it was, um, yeah, I think it is a big point to it because including myself, just jump right into it and not necessarily have the backing or the, the funds and any new stress and could lead to a permanent failure, you know? Um, so I, re- I respect the fact that you still have the nine to five, which leads me to, you've had this, this place for longer than a year, right? But you've, you've been open for a year. And I think you said it was five years that you've had it. What made you hold on to this for that long? And how'd you prepare to say, all right, last year is going to be the first year that you open? Because most people would not do that. I don't think anyone being in real estate would do that. So very interested to hear. It it was mainly because I didn't, I got the place before I knew exactly what I was going to do with it. So... (laughs) Um, you know, my thing is I've always wanted a space where I can kind of like, you know, be creative, show the creative side of myself and kind of just pour myself into it. Um, and I just happened to come across this space, uh, at a time where all I knew was that I wanted a space. Once I got in, of course, I saw all the things that needed to be done to the space just to get it ready for anything like you know the ceilings were falling down and you know um, it had no flooring it was just bare concrete so I initially had to jump in and get those things done Um, and then it was a step-by-step process so you know um, a lot of this stuff you know costs a good amount of money especially like flooring Um, so it was like okay I could do a little bit this week then I gotta wait two weeks for a paycheck and then I could do a little bit more then I gotta wait another two weeks so um, doing it that way, uh, you know, put me in a position where thankfully I didn't have to ask anybody for anything. So I have zero debt for what I've done here. So I want to like make sure there's emphasis on that part because you took four plus five plus years to build it out yourself, not taking out a loan not creating any other debt so like you the listeners can do it it's just you have to be okay with not having instant gratification in the results right then and there 
Exactly. And um, I mean, if I would have come in with a concept initially, then I'm sure I could have cut that down at that time in half at least. Um, but again, I, I came in and I had to figure it out while I was actually readying the space for what would come next. So you didn't know how to do flooring. You didn't know how to take care of the ceiling and stuff like that when you bought this space. No, I had to learn all that. That is, that's commitment right there. And that's, (laughs) 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 but but that goes back to like when people say and complains like, and look for handouts is, is ways to get it done. If you have patience and not to give up just because you don't understand at the moment, you know, you can do your research, take your time, invest well, and create the outcome that you want to see. It doesn't have to happen overnight. You know, that's the important part. And even with something like the ceiling, you mentioned something about, you know, I, I would get in there and I would look at what was going on. I'm like, I don't know how to fix this. And I'd have to, like, pause. You know, I kind of learned to actually just stop and rest and think as opposed to giving up. So I'd walk away from it, you know, and I'd think about it for a day or two. It'd click. Then I'd come back, and I got it. So just, just knowing how to actually just pause and take a rest, and just know how to, knowing when to walk away, basically. Instead of giving up, just, just take, a, take a minute, you know, step aside and think about it and come back to it. During that that moment of like taking the pause, did you think about giving up? All the time, man. Yeah. That's been like a thought in my head probably throughout the whole time I've had this space. Can you share with us a moment, like the exact moment where you're like, or that thought, which you said to yourself, like, before admitting that All right, I want to quit, like, what was that scenario? Because I'm pretty sure we can all replay the thoughts when we wanted to quit and what we said to ourselves. Can you share, like... I don't, I don't recall it actually being an incident, but I know on occasion, and I think, you know, business owners in general may be able, you know, and you guys as well, maybe have this thought as well, you know, where I would just think, like, Am I like thinking correctly? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, cause, I mean, they say that entrepreneurs have to be a little, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, am I, am I like, what am I doing? You know? And I have to like kind of assure myself that, you know, it's okay. This is what you wanted. This is what you asked for, you know, keep going, you know? Because you think you're crazy sometimes, you know. <laughs> what did family think? Um, they're they're very supportive. Yep, they're very supportive. Um, like uh, my sister and my nephews, who are like my main family back in they're, they're in Jersey actually. And um, yeah, very supportive of everything I've done here. Yep. The good thing is, um, I don't have, um, you know small children you know my son has grown my stepdaughter's grown you know so that would definitely change the dynamic if I had um, you know I still had a family of, of you know a young family to take care of would you have done it 
That's a good question. And thanks for listening to Don't Mind Failure. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode. We just wanted to take a quick break to shout out one of our sponsors, Botanica de Santee. Botanica de Santee is a Latin and Afro-Cuban inspired clothing and accessory boutique located at 724 Saluda Avenue in Five Points, Columbia, South Carolina. Stop by his store Wednesday through Saturday from 12 to 5 p.m. Before you let you get back to your episode, don't forget to follow us at Don't Mind Failure on Instagram and TikTok. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I can't answer. I know Dalvin and I have had many <laughs> late night conversations of like how kids affect and play roles, not in a negative way, but like it changes our thought process for a lot of things. You have to adjust. You definitely have to adjust. And um, that's why I think when I, I see people who is just them and they are trying to figure out, I think that's a life, that's a you problem that you have to kind of sit down with yourself. When you have kids and family, wife, and you kind of have to, okay, the money needs to go here. I might need to put, hold off on getting this. I get that maybe next month. Uh, you kind of did that with this, you know, the revitalization of the place, you know. But if it was kids involved, it might have been a little different, longer process, but it's still, it still, it still can get done. You just got to kind of be mindful. It's the, it's the, uh, and, and, you know, going back to the question you asked, Donovan, you know, would I have done it if I had a young family to support? It's all about the risk, you know, would I have been able, would I have been able to shoulder the risk at that point? Because any business venture is a risk. I mean, I've been pouring money into this place for years and there's a possibility, you know, it's a risk. It, it is a gamble at the end of the day. And any business venture is. Yeah. And, um, you know, having a family, you know, I'd have to think about whether or not um, the family could sustain that risk. Because like you said, at that point, it's not just about you. You know, your family has to be able to, to, to shoulder that risk. Yeah. Yeah, they're a part of it. Something that think about for everyone that is about to have a family it's like it's not just you they endure the same crap you go through as now you know so do you have a vision now so, you know since you spoke about you know developing your vision over the years is there a vision to the boutique now yes okay so tell us about the vision so the vision uh, was helped along in a major way by actually just opening up the door. And this is something you, you asked before that I don't think I addressed completely. Um, I knew at some point, I, even if I had everything done or not, I had to get people into the space to see what I was doing in here, um, to get the reaction, to get the feedback, um, so that I can further develop what the vision was or is and so I decided to go ahead and do that um, and I did it with only half the space complete 
So, and that was fine. So I said, okay, I'll get the boutique side of things running, and then that'll allow me to get some customers in, get some much-needed finances coming back in, and get that feedback that will help me further develop the plan. So um, now, yeah, definitely. So, you know, there's the boutique side. Um, That's constantly developing in and of itself. Uh, And I'm always changing things around and tweaking uh, based on new ideas I have and based on how I see people interact with the space. So it's it's always morphing and changing because I want it to always be better. So, and as far as this side that we're on now, um, I saw how much folks like the vinyl albums that I keep in the front of the store. So I think I mentioned to you guys before, I want to turn the front of this other side into like a vinyl lounge where, you know, folks can come in, listen to vinyl. Um, I got a couple of other cool things I can't divulge just yet that we're going to put over there to, you know, uh, make it a real chill spot. And um, the section we're sitting at now, the center of the other side uh, for podcasting and streaming. Uh, you guys seen the DJ rig I had back there. Um, you know, for guest DJs, podcasters, live streamers, you know, just this section to do it in. And then the far back section there will be where I actually do some production of, of garments. So we'll be doing our own tees, our own hats, got presses, printers, sewing machines, all that stuff ready to get set up back there. And I can see it, man. I can actually, I can, I can see it in my head. I can visualize it. So, and I, I was really waiting to get to that point, you know, because for a while it was just cloudy, you know. Yeah. What has been the hardest part with building all this? Uh, with building, I gotta say being able to wait you know not 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 expecting that instant gratification which we've you know mentioned a couple of times because i'm self-funded you know i may have like this great idea but i can't jump in and do it all at once i may have to gap it out over a month or two to make sure the money's right you know and uh make sure i have I, I, sorry i have everything i need to actually get it done so that's been tough you know, not being able to say, okay, this is this pile of money sitting there and I want to do this over here in this spot. Let me just hit it with some money and make it happen. I can't do it like that. I have to, I have to wait. So. Why didn't you go the, just go get a loan? Like, what was your thought process? Um, that's a good question. It's something I really never considered. I guess I've always been like a, uh, a DIYer so and even when it came to that and I mean I was you know I make decent money at what I do and you know thankfully I had that if I didn't then yeah I might have had to consider doing a traditional loan I only ask because I feel the same way like I never considered yeah going to go get a loan or anything like that it was either I got it or I don't and if I don't I'll figure out how to go get it. How to get it, exactly. So, because, what, paying 6% interest does not sound exciting to me. (laughs) Not at all. And then there's that feeling that somebody else has ownership in your, you know, and I just, I I don't like the feeling of that, you know. 
I know it can't be helped, you know, in a lot of circumstances, but if, if you can, if you can, you know, self-funding is definitely the way to go. And that's good to hear because, you know, you right now we're in a, a big grant versus loan period, but suddenly do we talk about this, mm-hmm. doing it yourself, you know, right. putting an investment in yourself. So that's, that's real good to hear. Yep. And a good lesson for people, like, to hear that, hey, you can do it. Yeah. You just, just have discipline and focus, you know. Right. You get it done. You just keep at it. Keep yeah. plugging at it. Yeah. yeah. Invest, in, invest in yourself. Like. Yeah, I like that term. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My biggest thing has been, like, lately is I'm just going to bet on me. Right. And the worst thing that can happen is what? You just feel bad for a minute right? because it, it didn't go your way. Right. Yeah. A lot of people lower, lower their standard to try to, you know, and then think, and thinking that that's going to help bring it to life. And if you keep a standard, okay, this is what my vision is, this is what my standard is, a lot of times you will find that entity or that job or that funding that will help you push it through. Hmm. You know, but it's a big thing that people, when they, when they back against the wall and they feel the pressure, okay, let me just, maybe if I, if I do this, it, it'll come through. Right. And then I'm kind of going back in a circle again because now you've lessened your value, how you feel about yourself mm. and the, the, the vision that you have, you know. So was there at a point where you just said, well, maybe I'll just sell one side of the place and stick to one part of the boutique is this worth having most spaces to complete the vision do you ever come across that oh yeah yeah all the time yeah um and during the past uh five years i've even had you know neighbors come and say hey you know what are you doing with the other spot kind of you know not directly asking me like can we get in there you know but you can definitely sense that that's what they're, they're they're going for um and even though at the time I may not have known exactly what I was going to do, I come up with something, you know, you know, like you know, I got a plan for it, you know, I want to, I want to go ahead and keep it, you know, um, because it it is bigger than what I had plans for initially. So, but now the plans have grown to encompass the entire space. Earlier, you mentioned being an or- organizer, and that's your thing, right? So that tells me there's, you have a routine, is that safe to say? Can you break down the routine that has helped you stay structured and stay focused throughout? Hmm. I would say, I guess my routine has been, um, you know, research. I do lots of research. Uh, at home, loads of it. I'm always looking. What type of research? Uh, vendors, mm. uh, suppliers, um, reaching out to artists. Um, I'm always researching. I, I never stop. And then there's the, you know, the constant process of building. You know, I'm always building, 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 improving, tweaking, moving stuff around that's another routine I go through Uh, and then there's the maintenance routine you know uh, cleaning tidying 
Um, I hate looking for stuff. <laughs> it's like, I, I want to know where everything is. You know what I'm saying? If you ask me where something is, I go straight to it, you know? It, I know it gets bad at some point. People tell me it's like that screw you had from that from that entertainment center you put together 10 years ago that was left over. I know where that screw is. <laughs> so what is something um, whether it's a book or meditation or a mantra, something that you do that you can give people that help you through to get to this process you, you are right now? The one thing I could say to anyone, any of the younger listeners, and this is something I've seen with uh, business owners who are neighbors, um, who are, are younger than I, or were younger than I, is that social media is great. Um, it's a wonderful tool, but you gotta still think outside the box. And right now, social media is the box. So if you can do things that separate yourself somehow from what's going on in social media, I think you can still stand out. I think you'll stand out, especially because, like I said, everything now is so social media driven. And I've seen business owners, younger business owners, really get down on themselves because social media isn't giving them what they've expected. You know, it's that whole instant gratification thing. You know, you got to think outside the box. Um, back in the day, there was a book I, I read called, um, you know how they had guerrilla fighters back in the day. They would do unconventional things to win against larger uh, forces. And there was a book called Guerrilla Marketing. Yeah, you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent book. If you could still, I mean, it's not that old. It's probably about maybe 15, 20, 25 years old. I'm sure you can still get a copy of it. But I'm sure it's still very relevant even though the book came out pre-social media, about things people were doing outside the box to get attention to their businesses, their endeavors, things they were doing. And yeah, I try, that, that would be the biggest thing I would say to the, to the folks who are really dependent upon social media. Really look to think outside the box to really distinguish yourself from, or you know, make yourself unique from what's going on in that world. And that book was called Guerrilla Marketing. <clears throat> yeah, nah. Separating yourself, because we're in the industry where every, everyone's competing. The key is to stand out a little bit more. Right. And, and I've learned that younger folks now, they're looking for which is a big inspiration for the vinyl lounge, more tactile experiences. The, you know, the IRL, the in real life stuff, you know? Um, everything's become so digitized that there's now like this undercurrent of backlash against it. And, and learning how to take advantage of that, you know? And that's something I want to really learn how to do, so. Wayne, please tell us where you, where we can find you, where your shop is, how they can engage with you, 
social media <laughs> or in real life. Um, yeah, give us the rundown. Here in the store, um, normally on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from about noon until 5, uh, because two, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, are pretty, not a lot going on here. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, things start to pick up, and the weekend is really when all the action happens. Um, and I'm located at uh, 724 CNT Avenue uh, in, in Five Points. Uh, we're right down that little cut of a side street where yesterday's used to be at, um, Hootie and the Blowfish Way. Yep. And, um, oh, social media, um, Get Fresh SC is the, uh, is the tag for uh, Insta, Facebook, and Twitter, as a matter of fact. I uh, haven't updated it in a while. So I had some folks working here uh, when I first opened up who were really taking care of all of that. So I want to get back into it and update the social media assets, but I really want to solidify the idea first before I get back in there. Before, they were kind of doing their thing, and I let them do their thing, but now I want to make sure the message is right. So, Awesome, and I think to kind of recap, the biggest takeaway and the biggest thing that we spoke about was instant gratification and avoiding that feeling and really just being patient and get the work done. Right. And the way to do that is through patience and I think you said how do you say it? Uh, walk away. Right. Learn to walk Don't away. Don't quit. Yeah. Just walk away. And rest. Give yourself in rest. Right. Right. And um, I guess the only other thing I would say is that um, maybe looking at failure, because I know that's a part of the podcast name, in a different way. Um, I've had to kind of learn how to do that because, as I said before, any type of business venture, there's a possibility of failure. It's always there. And just telling myself that, you know, if it does go that route, it's going to be a lesson either way. It's going to have value whether it succeeds or not. So even in the failure, I'll get something from it. That's the way we're going to close it out. All right. Appreciate you, Wayne. Yeah, thank you all. Bridgeport for life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>